hello to TTELT, Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers. I'm Eileen Hale, the COO for Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers. And I want to welcome a special guest we have with us today, Ms. Perley Lubin. Before I share a little bit about her, I just want to thank you all for joining us today and let you know that I also, like Perley, we have a lot in common, have about 30 plus years of teaching experience, teaching English as a foreign language and a second language, both in the United States and globally. Some of my most impactful experiences teaching English globally have been working as an English language specialist, first a Fulbright specialist in Belize, second an English language specialist in South Korea, and most recently as an English language fellow in Albania. I came back, like most of us, just after when COVID started and had to regroup a little bit. That's where I met Gina Rhodes, our CEO online, and through our community of practice, which we have for the English language fellows, we had a similar vision for providing professional development, such as the one you're about to listen to with Perley, for teachers globally. I also met Perley online at our community of practice, and we found that we had so many things in common, more than we imagined. Similarly, we both speak from French and Spanish and have a very common interest in Costa Rica. So with no further ado, I'd like to introduce Perley Lubin to you, who is serving now as a virtual English language fellow to Costa Rica. She's going to share her insights from both challenges and how to overcome those challenges while working virtually. Thank you, Perley, and very big welcome, warm welcome to you. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much, Eileen. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. So can you tell us just a little bit more about yourself, a little bit more of your background and how you okay. found up in Costa Rica, virtually even now? <laughs> okay. I was raised in Florida um, in a, by, by parents from the island of Haiti. I come from a very large Christian family. And this, in fact, is a painting from my three-year-old nephew, Kenneth. So I'm very proud of that. Um, I moved to Dallas to attend Dallas Theological Seminary, where I have a master's degree in Christian education, and to attend Texas A&M University, where I have a Master TESOL certificate. I have been teaching at Dallas College for 12 years in ESOL and ESL, and I applied to teach in person as a fellow in Costa Rica, but because of the pandemic, things changed and I was asked if I would consider a virtual fellowship and I said yes. Wonderful. <laughs> That's so nice. As I mentioned, Pearlie and I have so much in common because I'm now in Florida and she's in Dallas. <laughs> um, so it's such a pleasure to meet you virtually. I hope one day we can actually meet in person. Maybe in Costa Rica it would be wonderful. So can you share with our listeners um, well, your role, how you got interested in working virtually, because it is very different from working in another country, as we all know. So just share a little bit about how and why you decided to take the position of working virtually. Well, I was, I've been interested in teaching English as a foreign language, so I knew that I wanted to do that. And so that's why I applied for the fellowship. 
when it moved um, to a virtual fellowship, at first I was thinking, hmm, that's not exactly what I applied for, but I'm meeting teachers from another country. I get to do teacher training. So it, it wasn't a big jump. It's in reality, it's, it's very different, but the idea of it wasn't so strange to me. That's good, that's good. Are you teaching outside of your fellowship? Are you also teaching now or no, just fully the fellowship? I'm teaching the fellowship and I'm also teaching assistant at Dallas Seminary right now. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. So you're doing the fellowship still full-time and through 2021? I am. I, I did um, a fellowship in the fall of last year and I was invited back. So I have a new um, course that I'm teaching in Costa Rica with in-service teachers and I have an English club in Costa Rica as well. Oh, great. One of our upcoming episodes is on clubs. So we'll stay tuned for that information. Um, so as an English language fellow, a virtual one, can you share some of maybe even the context of like, are you working with the university for our listeners to know a little bit more of the context with the teachers you're working with? And then I'll go to the next question. Tell us the context okay. first, if you would. Oh, okay. I primarily work with in-service teachers. Now, the teachers I work with, um, they are teachers at an apprenticeship uh, institute. So a lot of uh, the students that they have are those who are working in the hospitality industry and different service industries, as well as others throughout the country, because this is a public-private partnership. And so I work with some of the teachers at the school to help them develop their English proficiency skills in terms of conversation, pronunciation, and some soft skills. Um, and I also have an English club with some of their students, but the English club is a little bit different. So uh, four days a week, I'm with the teachers. And then on Fridays, I virtually visit different parts of the country. And I have an English club with a different group of students every week. Must be fascinating right? to show you the different parts of the country <laughs> virtually anyway <laughs> great so for our listeners what were some of what have been some of the greatest challenges you're facing or have faced as a virtual fellow Ooh, okay now last uh, last last year was my first time teaching virtually and so there are a couple of things that were difficult for me um i think one of the first things was teaching synchronously I had not done that before. I'm used to being in a classroom with students where we communicate and suddenly I'm on, on the screen and they can see me. I can't see them <laughs> because of, um, so first it was a little strange to be seeing, to hearing voices, but I don't see anyone. But, but there are a couple of reasons for that. Uh, there was the fall in Costa Rica. There's a lot of heavy rainfall. So that's one. There's low bandwidth. And so sometimes the, I'd lose a teacher and then they would come back when they could and it would take more bandwidth to show themselves. So those are some of the issues that were difficult. Another thing that was hard was that it was my first time using Microsoft Teams. I had never used this before. I'm used to other uh, platforms, but not Teams. And so the very first week I'm going to Teams and I thought I need help. So I called a computer technician the first week and I said, tell me everything you know. I took good notes, learned everything I could, yeah. But then what I did is I asked that same computer technician to visit my class because they were also new at this. And so the technician was able to answer their questions and help them um, develop their skills. So we learned about Microsoft Teams together. Wonderful. So how could you suggest overcoming some of these challenges for our listeners that may be teaching virtually in their own countries and or 
globally as well from the United States? I think the first thing I would say is to be kind to yourself, give yourself, be gracious to yourself because we're all learning. This is a new environment for all. Yeah. I think that communication has been very helpful. I um, have been in contact with the liaisons and the uh, coordinators at the schools in Costa Rica. So we speak on a weekly basis. We stay in contact, we're communicating regularly. And although we don't see each other, but there's WhatsApp, there's email. And I also stay in close contact with the representatives of the embassy. So I know they're available to me. Um, those have been helpful. I've also used some of the embassy resources such as American English. There are a lot of resources there. And I think also just being honest, when I came in and I told the teachers, I'm not very good on Microsoft Teams, they were shocked. They're saying, what, what are you saying? But I, I think that was helpful to be honest because that let, let them know that, you know what, we're all imperfect, we're all learning. And, and I think honesty was the best way to start with my uh, teachers. Yes, I think that's really true. You and I spoke a little bit before about how oftentimes in different countries around the world, it's not so common to admit what you don't know as a teacher or professor. So the fact that you did that, I think, really built some rapport with the teachers to be so transparent with them so they could know you're a real human like them, <laughs> trying yes. to navigate this new virtual world as all of us are. Yes. Great. Um, can you give some other examples of what you would suggest for maybe a virtual fellow who's going to start a fellowship or is starting one right now, how these techniques so, helped you? Some, well, again, one of the things I wanted to do in the very beginning of class, because I should say that uh, the institute that I worked with, they have over 200 teachers. The teachers that I worked with primarily were required to take a new uh, entrance exam for their um, educators and the teachers I worked with did not pass that exam so they were or they were already feeling a little demoralized and I did not want teachers in a classroom who felt that they could not communicate with me so it was very important to create a learning community and I let the teachers know in the very beginning that one of the things that I value is mistakes I value respect I value kindness but I value mistakes and they thought what does that mean and I said, when you make a mistake, you don't easily forget it. Those are the things you remember. So they're very helpful in our learning to yeah. pay attention to mistakes that we make because we can have we have a choice. We can be embarrassed and turn away, or we can actually learn something new, like I did with Microsoft Teams. <laughs> so right. creating that environment where we can be honest and open with each other and learn, it was so good because sometimes the computer would buffer or I would forget to share my screen and I'd, I'd right. apologize. And they'd say, it's okay, it's all right, because we'd already established the community that we're all learning from each other. So just letting everyone know that, and also one of the other thing we did is that we talked about the vocabulary for, for this kind of community. So we learned phrases about agreement and disagreement, which was really important. And I asked the teachers to help me build our course. So they helped decide what are the rules for this class. I knew what their expectations were. I knew what they wanted to learn, but they, I asked them to tell me, what is it that you value? And everyone agreed that we wanted to feel respected. No one wanted to feel bad. No one wanted to feel bullied. So we, we, we established in the very beginning that that kind of thing cannot take place in a professional 
uh, environment. And that's what this was. So our, our class was a collaborative and safe space to learn. That's very, very important. I'm uh, actually teaching right now and, and I found the value of that as well. It, it makes a world of difference of building a community of learners, as you mentioned, a safe place for your learners to feel, even if they don't wanna talk or can't talk for whatever reason, that that's okay and affirm them where they're at and made them feel included as all. Yes, yes. I would also add that after spending time doing this, by the end of the second week, I felt I had a better understanding of the teacher's personalities. So I decided to group these teachers by personality as opposed to proficiency in English. And what that did is that I didn't have a class of, I didn't have, I grouped them by personality. So I didn't have a group where you had three people who were extroverts and very talkative in right. one very group. I, I tried to make it so that everyone felt comfortable. And I knew it worked because the teachers would tell me, I feel really comfortable here. I feel really comfortable here. I can say that I don't know something, I can share. So I think that grouping by personalities was very helpful as well as the journals. I asked the teachers to complete weekly journals on what went well, what they learned, um, how could they, in specifically, how would you use what we're learning in your own class? How would you use it in, 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 in your own uh, setting? And I think that was helpful to help them reflect on things that had gone on in the class during the week. Yeah, the application <laughs> key for sure. Um, can I ask how many teachers were in your groups when you put them into groups? I grouped the teachers in groups of four. Altogether, I had 16 teachers in the class and I okay. grouped them in groups of four because it wasn't, sometimes we'd have paired activities, but there are a couple of things we did in class. For example, we had the podcast interviews. And so by grouping students in teachers in groups of four, I, all I asked is in your group, I'd like two interviews to take place. So you could have two pairs, but I had groups also where they had one person as the interviewer and they would interview three of the teachers in the group. So I let them decide how they wanted to do that. And their, their discussions were very rich. So that was very helpful to, to do that kind of thing. And just different activities within the class, such as poetry recitals, and they created their own poems and had a chance to recite to each other in smaller groups before presenting to the larger group. That's great. Did you guidelines for the interviews or did you let them create their own interviews? We had guidelines throughout the course. We'd been listening to different podcasts, but I hadn't really said too much about it until later on. And then we looked at, we compared question and answer podcasts versus scripted podcasts. And after we talked about that and went over them, I asked them to share, I actually um, asked them, I, excuse me, I uploaded my own podcast interview because I interviewed someone. And then I asked them to, to do their own. They had choices on what the subject matter could be. I had uh, one teacher interview two of her partners who were interested in fitness. So they talked about the fitness fanatics. How do you maintain that lifestyle during the pandemic? And I had teachers interview each other about teaching during the pandemic and, and such things. So That's great. Including their interests is really important, isn't it? To get them out of their shells, so to speak, and really engage when it's involving something that they're personally interested in. I think it makes a world of difference too. I'm happy my students do that too, share about their countries and their homes and have us all learn together as a community about where they come from. Yes. 
a, that's wonderful. Uh, the phoneme poems you had mentioned to me before, do you want to elaborate a little on that? The poetry reads and the phoneme poems, how you did that? Yes. I learned about the color vowel chart from American English website. And when we had, we'd studied different phonemes and we created different, we'd, uh, we, they would come up with different words for the phonemes. But afterwards, I assigned a phoneme to each teacher or two phonemes to each teacher. And I asked them to create their own poem from that phoneme. And so they came up with some interesting poems. And so we had a poetry recital after they'd come up with that so everyone could share. We did several poetry recitals, that was one of them. But they, they thought that was a really interesting thing to do, to create their own poems. And I kept it really simple. My Mine was just a very simple roses are red type of thing. And they followed that pattern. And so it, it was really an interesting class. I'd love to have you share some of them. Maybe in your upcoming workshop, you can share Unless you have any at hand, you can share. <laughs> We'd love to hear some of them. Okay. Um, and for the journals, did you again give them any direction for the journals, or kind of do free writing, or how did you orchestrate the journals? I I did. I I did not. It wasn't free writing. It was. I wanted to be very intentional about about the journal. So I the first question is open ended. What went well this week? It was a weekly journal. Uh, what didn't go so well? What do you, what is still confusing? But I also added a question and these would change depending on what we were doing. I might change the questions, but generally I would ask, what, what can you apply to your own classes? What did you learn that you can apply and how? Because at first I asked to share and people would say, oh, this was great. But I thought, you know, how do I know this is really helpful to you? So I said, I'd ask, tell me, show me, how would you apply this in your own course? And that's when they really started processing, oh, you know what? I wouldn't do this, but I would add this to it. And so I think that was very helpful to them to process exactly how does this translate into their own classes? That's very key. Yeah, we talk a lot about that on these podcasts. So the application is the key, right? Yes. To have making sure that the professional development gets implemented. Uh, so we'd love to hear later about some of the applications. Any you think of off the top of your head about how, what, how they have applied things that you've taught them, some little testimonials that? When we, uh, let me think, oh, there's so many things that we've done in this class. When we did the the poems, the teachers enjoyed that, but they thought, oh, you know what? We, we, should, we should do this more. We should have longer poems or do different things with them. And, and I wish we did have time for that, but we didn't. We also, you would listen to a particular podcast called This I Believe. And so they were um, essays, uh, audio essays. And so with those, I had different questions. So we'd have discussions around different topics related to that. Um, also, we, we actually, I use my Kindle because we're online and we've actually read books together. And one of the books we read together was Seeds and Trees. That was really good and an eye opener for them. So we talked about, we used the KWL chart. What do you know? What do you wish you knew? What did you learn? And we talked about seeds and the value of words. So one teacher said that he really liked the fact that we did the KWL chart. We read the book together. We have a discussion and we talked about different phonemes, but he would have expanded it more to talk about um, how do words affect your life? How, how have positive words affected your life? How have negative words? He would have liked to elaborate more on the discussion. We didn't have time for that, but I remember him saying in his journal that that's something he'd like to do with students because he does like to connect with them that way and have those types of discussions in class often. 
That's wonderful. They were all teaching. They're all teaching while you were training them, yes? They were all in class. Not all of them. Not all of them. Some were teaching, some were not. Okay. And they're in their 20s or young new teachers? Uh, 20s and above. I I can't say how old the oldest one was, but it was a wide range. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it's enough. Great. Um, are there any websites or apps that you use that you want to share with our listeners? And for the listeners, we will have these all written out for you. So you don't have to spell each one out, but you can just mention them. And we will have a whole list of them for our listeners on our YouTube channel. There were some apps that were very helpful to me. I would definitely say Padlet is, uh, I, I love Padlet. I was able to upload the interviews. I uploaded our uh, poems poetry recitals there. We also had some advertisements. They had to create some ads for persuasive speech and we had those there as well. Google Forms is really nice if you're creating true false tests and different types of short answers. I found that Mentimeter has been really good as far as uh, for discussions as well as uh, just to start up the class, a warm up. I like to use the uh, tables there and some of the polls in Mentimeter. So that's been good. Flipgrid is a is another good app for voice recording and audio recording for students. We have used WhatsApp. <laughs> That's been very helpful. YouTube. I use a lot of YouTube videos because those are also very helpful. So off the top of my head, and of course, AmericanEnglish.com. <laughs> so for the, uh, those are some of the ones off the top of my head. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, anything else that you want to share with us any tips for our virtual language teachers as we may be virtual for a bit longer and especially in different countries throughout the world maybe longer than others um yes i would say first and foremost again be kind to yourself and be kind to others assume the best of whatever you're teaching in person it might take a little bit longer on time because of buffering and students um, being kicked out of a program and having to come back in or restart the computer. So lessons do take a little bit longer. Uh, also, because we have so many teachers who are online, there are a lot more resources. So we can borrow from each other. That's what we do. <laughs> so I would say keep learning, keep researching, keep looking up different um, websites and things because there's so many tools out there now uh, that we can use in teaching virtually. So I, I would just say be flexible. Yes. Great. And share, share all your great yes. tips with all of us. And any of our listeners out there, if you have something you'd like to share, please reach out to us. We'll share with you how to do that in just a minute. But I wanted to ask uh, Pearly if you want to share how to reach you, if our listeners want to reach you personally, if you have a website or LinkedIn or anything you want to share or your email for our listeners to reach you. I am on LinkedIn, so I can be reached by LinkedIn, Pearly Lubin. Um, if someone would like to reach me there, I'm, I'm happy to share what I can, as, as well as by email. Okay, wonderful. And we'll have those in our notes for you as well. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, I'm going to do a few last uh, announcements for our listeners. Do you have any final words before I jump into announcements? I would just like to say thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoyed this conversation and, and, and just a chance to share and uh, with teachers from all over. Thank you for this opportunity. We really appreciate you taking the time to join us and we appreciate your welcoming this and offering to share all your tips with us. I'm posting for our listeners some of the things you mentioned, Padlet, Flipgrid, 
Mentimeter. That's new for people. It's M-E-N-T-I-M-E-T-E-R, Mentimeter. And Jeopardy Labs, Kahoot, YouTube, Google Forums, Wheels of Names. All those can be accessed on our website and through our YouTube channel. These will be available. She also uh, mentioned different types of podcasts, which we have hyperlinked for you in this episode. We have a few upcoming episodes for you. The latest one will be creating a photography club with Jesus Viegas, Friday, April 17th at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. After that, you can join us for TTELT Talks which is the last Saturday of every month, once a month. This month in April, it will be April 24th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is a time where we have more of an open discussion based on topics all of our listeners share with us that they really want to discuss in the platform. And we do breakout chat rooms. So please join us and submit your ideas for us to incorporate for future TTELT talks. Again, Saturday, April 24th, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'd love to have you join us. You can sign up on our events page at ttelt.org. And we're excited to know Hurley Lubin will be sharing with us in more depth for an actual workshop with us on May 21st. That's a Friday, May 21st at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. She'll go into much more depth and share some practical tips hands-on with you and have you engage with them for virtual English language teaching and teacher training. So please come join us. Thank you all for participating. If you want to find us, we are officially a now a nonprofit under the name of Rhodes Education Foundation. All donations are tax deductible. When you donate, either through our Facebook page, Rose Education Foundation, or at ttelt.org. You are furthering these workshops, these online podcasts and trainings, as well as we have some new professional development courses for credit offered through NNU, which is Northwest Nazarene University in Idaho. We have hyperlinks for these courses. Gina and I created a course that just began in March called Engaging Teaching Tips for English Language and Foreign Language Teachers. These are one credit courses worth uh, 15 hours of time, but they're asynchronistic. So you can come in and join at any point in time, submit your assignments online. Everything is pre-recorded. You do not need to be online at a certain time. I have two other courses that I've also created through NNU. One is called Engaging and Motivating Your English Language Students for Academic Success. And the other is called Memories and Dreams, Honoring Your Past, Designing Your Future, a Social Emotional Learning Project. All these courses are available at nnu.edu. They're on the CPD, the uh, Professional Development Courses being offered for one credit. Again, the links are available in our notes and on our YouTube channel. Want to join our TTELT team? Send us a voicemail or an email at tteltinfo at gmail.com. Subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. Join us at Facebook, Twitter, 
etc. You know how to find us. Thank you for tuning in. This is Dr. Eileen Hale with Perla Lubin, and we're grateful to have you with us today. Thanks so much. Thank you.